This podcast is a proud member of the CypherCast Network. Discover more at cyphercast.net and follow us on Twitter at cyphercast.net. Welcome to Incantations, an Invisible Sun podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. And we will be your guides along the path of suns. Today we sing one spell. With reflecting a different truth, we build a surreal bar. Join us on the path of suns, and we may uncover a secret or two. In reflecting a different truth, we consider common RPG elements or tropes and how to make them more surreal for the invisible sun setting. This time, we're going to build out a surreal bar. So we're going to follow the same process we've used before to illustrate how to take standard tropes and, and make them more surreal by first talking about the trope and, and the elements that that trope represents in most RPGs or, or uh, similar stories. And then uh, pursue a variety of ways that we can twist the idea of a bar uh, in Saturnine or in um, uh, in the R- R- RPG for Invisible Sun uh, to emphasize these different elements uh, of uh, bars in our settings. The uh, you know bars are a fairly standard trope for fantasy RPGs. Uh, the uh, Cliche is that you know most fantasy RPG games begin with a group of people who happen to be sitting at a bar for no good reason, who uh, find out that the you know old guy in the corner has a quest for them, um, and this you know trope is 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 a bit of a joke now, um, and uh, though it has been I'm sure used as the seed for a variety of games, uh, but it does emphasize the centrality of bars and pubs and those sorts of. Uh, environments for fantasy RPGs. Yeah, it's where I started my first adventure. <laughs> uh, and and it's not just fantasy RPGs. Um, what other RPGs use uh, par, uh, pubs and bars as, as central locations? Uh, for my gaming history, we we used that location in Shadowrun. We had a campaign that. Uh, we generally picked up most of our jobs from Mr. Johnson's at uh, some local watering hole. Oh, and you know, there's um, in the Dresden Files, one of the major locations is that tavern like in the basement that he hangs out at, which is a neutral ground. That, that sounds familiar. I'm only about five books in, which means I'm just beginning my Dresden Files reading. Yeah, well, it's uh, a uh, well. There, that that covers the urban fantasy uh, trope. Uh, similarly, uh, I was just listening to Cipher Speak, and Troy mentioned that uh, they had a, uh, a a bar that featured prominently in their Knights Black Agents game. So oh. for spies and, and uh, things like that, the bars could be pretty important. That would be really interesting to have been there to experience it. <laughs> Troy's my GM. Um, yeah, the, one can only imagine. Yeah, uh, one, uh, one of the players uh, was asked to describe a location because <laughs> Troy was sourcing the table for, you know, some, uh, what's, what's the right description for this? Like decoration, scene decoration. Sure. 
Sure, that's not quite right, but I'm blanking on it. Anyway, he sourced the table, and uh, one of our players was like, "Oh, this uh, this bar has oh red painted walls, and the the chairs are all upholstered in black velvet." And uh, yeah, that was about all we needed to just turn it into you know a, a former swinger bar, and it was really great. Uh, see, it sounded more like a goth club to me. And since we are recording on World Goth Day, oh, it is World Goth uh, Day. It seemed entirely appropriate. Though I can't think of anything less goth than the notion of a World Goth Day. Yeah, that's pretty pretty accurate. <laughs> um, so, in a variety of games and a variety of settings, bars and pubs and, and similar institutions have, have, are, are very important. Um, they can be sources of information. Um, often, I, I recall like early, early D&D days, it was pretty common whenever they would re- re- describe a, a bar uh, or uh, which would be the first thing they would describe in a new town. Uh, they would also have a rumor table you could roll on mm-hmm. uh, that would tell you some of the things that might be going on in the area. And some of them would even have a little asterisk next to them so that the GM would know that they were false uh, and so you could have both true and false false rumors, uh, but emphasizing the role of bars and bartenders and, and th- these environments uh, as a way to, to uh, get information out. That these these are social uh, gathering places, and thus, if you're trying to get information, it's a good place to go. Yeah, and along with that social gathering aspect, I mean, community is one of the other things that these places generally represent. Uh, you're going to find people from the community at one of these places. Uh, Whenever I've, you know, run a game that has a bar or a tavern in it, typically you're going to have, you know, the the leaders of the community will show up there eventually. Um, Anybody who's out working during the day is going to probably end up there at some point. Uh, This is some place where the community comes together and gathers sort of like a, a town hall, but something that gets used on a daily basis. Yeah, it's something I hadn't thought of until just now. It, it fills an important role in a, in the stories that we tell with RPGs in that uh, it's a setting that naturally would have a gathering of, say, four to seven people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it makes a lot more sense than the Batcave or uh, something else where it, would be, where it would seem very artificial that people would be gathered in one place. It becomes neutral territory, not just in the sense of a Dresden Files political uh, setting, uh, but also in the sense that it's neutral between the PCs because it's it's a location they can share more or less equally. So it has a, a good storytelling purpose uh, to provide a balanced location across all, the, all of the PCs uh, where they could all kind of come in and have joint ownership. Uh, rather than showing up at one person's house or another. And that, that's going to be something that comes up in Invisible Sun campaigns. When I ran when I ran the playtest, I ran a couple of session zeros or one session zero and I participated in one. I don't recall. But when we did with session zero uh, for the one that I ran, the group that I had, they all had their houses, but then they all sort of collaboratively latched on to one person's um location because they had come up with this bar uh, that they put some really interesting stuff into and it became something that all of them shared like one of the characters worked there another person uh, you know would walk by it every night when they would you know go back to their house uh, so it really was something that I think is going to come up again in the future because it seems like a really good idea to have a communal space that all the characters can each have kind of a hand in 
Yeah, and this has played out different ways in different play tests that I, I participated in over the last year or so. Um, in some, sometimes the players have been quite comfortable with just meeting at one person's house that was created during uh, session zero, mm-hmm. uh, and there wasn't really a sense that doing so gave any one particular player uh, too much spotlight or any, anything along those lines. That that just sort of worked out well. Other in, in another group, uh, there seemed to be uh, an avoidance of telling too many stories from a particular person's house because of the sense that being in that person's house would either give other players too much control over her house um, or would give uh, the owner of the house's uh, uh, spotlight time or give, give her too much spotlight time and take away from too many other people. So to avoid the sorts of competition for spotlight time, even among very polite and cooperative players, there people were more comfortable just meeting somewhere else. Uh, so it made us vary by group and where people are comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you know, this is an alternative if there are concerns that moving from house to house uh, created in session zero might just mean you're shifting the spotlight from uh, overemphasizing one person to overemphasizing another rather than pr- providing a neutral location where you can balance across different players. It, but it's, it's just a tool that you can use depending upon the dynamics of a particular play group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I think, where the familiarity comes in. That's another thing that this you know a bar represents to me in an rpg game yeah particularly i think the uh you know one of the terms we've been throwing around is bar but also pub yeah pub's better bars suck <laughs> uh well one of the uh, the connotations i have for pub as opposed to bar is this notion of a of a communal social space this is a, a place that people go to socially for extended periods of time um in order to experience some sort of shared uh location um, and and to share in that community. And I get more of that sense from a pub, though I am a fairly novice in the world of bars and pubs or other uh, synonyms. Um, well, I I don't have really have a whole lot of experience with pubs. All I know is that I've enjoyed pubs more than the bars that I've been to. Like for, <laughs> well, we me, for me, the big difference is a bar is really loud and obnoxious and it's packed full of people who I don't want to be around. And a pub is... Um, much quieter and calmer and much more easygoing. And, oh, uh, sorry, Danny, for trashing bars. Uh, I didn't mean it. Mostly. <laughs> um, well, we can play with these, these contrasts as we talk about making a bar or a pub surreal. But let's uh, quickly recap that these uh, locations, bars, pubs, taverns, and like, uh, have – certain shared elements. Um, now, most obviously they provide refreshments of some kind and we can certainly play with that, that they serve a story purpose often, uh, in our, in the literatures related to tabletop RPGs of, uh, providing information and rumors, uh, that can serve the basis of the stories and can push the narrative forward. They might represent a communal space, uh, a, a, a place where people can socially interact, uh, um, and a shared space both between the different players in a particular group, but also their, that group's connection to other parts of the neighborhood and the community. Uh, and finally, especially in the case of pubs, there's a sense of familiarity that it's a second home um, and that this is not just a place you go. Uh, this is a place where you belong. It's where everybody knows your name. Something along those yeah. lines. Uh, it's been it's been a decade or more. Um, Cheers has been off the air for like four decades, I hate to tell you. Uh, not four. I'm pretty sure it's not four. All right, whatever, old. 
I was just going to say is it's been at least a decade since I've seen an, an episode, but I don't recall when exactly it was pulled off the air, uh, and nor do I care enough to put it in the show notes. But if you really wanted to, to play with uh, having a uh, pub or tavern in Saturine, it, you could do worse than watching two or three episodes of Cheers on whatever Hulu it's currently streaming off of, um, and then just really turning up the surreal elements we'll discuss uh, based upon the sort of normal representation, though it's cartoonish, um, in Cheers. Uh, and that normal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, or you, you could take the characters. Uh, and I don't think we'll do much of this in our conversation about bars and pubs, but you could also take the characters out of Cheers. Yeah, I, I don't know if we want to jump off of that cliff. No, let, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave that for homework. <laughs> oh, 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 it, it took a while for it to worm its way into my brain. Okay. There you I go. I got it. Okay. <laughs> but yes, we will leave uh, the surreal counterparts to the various characters in Cheers as homework uh, and deal mostly with the structure of a bar, pub, or tavern and how we can make it surreal. Yeah. Uh, enough preamble then. Let's <laughs> let's make some surreal stuff. Yeah. So uh, as we've done before, the way we want to make something surreal is we take its essential nature, uh, which we've talked about so far as uh, including re- refreshment, uh, information, community, and familiarity. And then we just sort of exaggerate some of these elements. Um, so let's kind of go in that order, I guess. And kind of, yeah, I guess it's easy. What, what can we do to make the refreshment aspect of a pub or bar, um, unusual, unnatural, uh, or exaggerated in some way. Uh, well, there, there were some examples that we had from the Kickstarter, I believe, uh, which I think is a good jumping off point. And one of the examples that they had was there, there's a bar where instead of ordering drinks, you order from their menu and what you get are, what thoughts and experiences, something like that. That makes sense. Given the uh, memory orbs and the commodification Mm -hmm. of memory and emotion. And so if these are tradable commodities, then maybe they're consumable refreshments as well. So you might think, well, I think it might've actually been something like consumable poetry. (laughs) That could be fun. Um, So this is playing off the same. You see, we take the notion of refreshment, but we say, what is it? What other than simply a drink could be refreshing? And it might be a poem. Uh, It might be a memory. It might be an image that can be stored in various ways through memory globes or through other uh, means of communication. Uh, But you change what it is that is being served while maintaining that same theme of refreshment. But now you're refreshing in in a different way, which just puts a, a spin on the nature of the pub or tavern. Uh, that it's not just giving you something to drink and, and nourishing you in that way, but now it's nourishing your emotions, it's nourishing your intellect, it's nourishing your your sense of connection to your community or something along those lines. Now, are you looking for more things that you can tweak in order to make the refreshments, uh, well, refreshing to other senses and other aspects? Or is there something in the... Uh, form of how that refreshment is is delivered because we've got you know the abstract idea of okay art and poetry uh, refreshing different aspects of your being what else can you do with refreshments 
Uh, well, you could go in uh, any of these directions, though I would hesitate to suggest someone go in all of them in one direction, like all of them at once. Um, so if you want to, if you want to have the what is that being refreshed be different, whether it's emotion um, or, uh, or or intellect or something like that, then you you might want to keep the delivery relatively straightforward for that type of material, mm-hmm. just so you don't. Um, you know, you, you don't spread your surreal too broadly and thus fail to emphasize anything in particular. If you really want to emphasize the, how the, this bar is interesting because it's refreshing your uh, kind of emotional state rather than refreshing your kind of physical body, then you might say what's being served are these uh, uplifting poems. Uh, and uh, you, rather than doing something too exotic with the delivery of the poems, you, you might just have uh, a a bartender poet or a uh, you know waits wait staff of uh, a fleet of poets uh, that are communicating poetry in a, in a traditional way um, and so you know it's not mm-hmm. a surreal communication of the poetry the surreal aspect is the poetry as nourishment um, as opposed to say a drink or something along those lines you, you probably want to pick one of those uh, alternatively you could say well we're, we're serving uh, uh, you know drinks that are nourishing in a traditional way but we can change the mechanism by which they're served uh, and may, and have it surreal in in its delivery mechanism rather than the content of what is being delivered um, so it, uh, an example of that might be uh, there it's a, a bar that serves drinks um, however instead of walking around with these glasses maybe um, uh, Everyone is drinking out of their straws coming from the ceiling and they're all drinking out of from a, a giant communal uh, bowl of punch or something along those lines and just kind of play with the met- method of delivery rather than than the drink itself. Okay, that's an interesting way to go. Um, so if everybody's drinking from things from the ceiling, um, I'm just thinking of other ways that you could uh, deliver physical refreshment um so you've got drinks like that and this is going to get trimmed down and now i'm just thinking about how much editing you're going to be doing oh i kind of want to i want to show how we're doing this on the fly this is not something that we've like pre-scripted but we're trying to illustrate the brainstorming exercises that are inherent in trying to develop surreal elements of uh of of an invisible sun game so I, i don't plan on editing out too much that's fine. Um, I mean, I, I was starting to think of other ways that you could deliver this sort of refreshment. And, the you know, I was just going through, like, what sort of senses could you pick up that would be kind of fun to work with? Mm-hmm. And I went to, um, you know, your sense of smell. So what if you were getting, you know, little vials that you would, you know, mm-hmm. smell your um, whatever you're being served from? But then I also kind of hopped over to, oh, isn't that just an oxygen bar? And, well, I guess... <laughs> that exists and, and and is still a little surreal <laughs> yeah i can't believe they exist <laughs> so we can go a variety of directions with refreshment but let's let's talk about some of these other elements as well so mm-hmm. the uh pubs and, and taverns have traditionally served a role of providing information and rumors to uh parties as to where the dragon is to go hunt down or uh, what other what other sort of of adventure of story hook was necessary to get a party moving along on a prescripted adventure? Mm-hmm. How might we uh, play with that in a surreal bar? How, how might we have a bar that's set up in order to distribute information in a sort of exaggerated uh, way to emphasize this this particular role of the tavern or bar? 
Uh, one of the ideas that I had that I that I really liked was uh, perhaps you go to the rumor mill uh, down the street, and there there is a room that you can get access to. Perhaps you you know pay to get access to this room in the back, and in there you have uh, rumors that are manifest that just you know show up here and they hang out and socialize uh, in the back of this place. And if you can get access back there, then you can talk to the rumors and you know, get information directly from them. I like taking the term rumor mill literally. I was also thinking like a rumor mill, but then it's not quite a bar, is it? Well, I mean, it can be the back room of the bar is actually where they're milling the rumors together. Yes, that works. Uh, And and for some reason, I was also then thinking of the, the, um, the pre the precognitive psychics uh, from Minority Report, the movie version, mm-hmm. where they're like you know dunked in this this fluid and they're just having visions of future crimes. I can imagine something along those lines, except instead, except they're generating rumors. Oh, oh, and then you have to go and you have to drink that gross sludge that they're sleeping in in order to get the information. <laughs> right, and and if there's, a, there's kind of an ooky sense of of exploitation um, in that movie of these people dunked in the water and being used for their uh, precognitive abilities, you could avoid that by having you know a situation where you know maybe rather than having them sort of being used entirely as a tool, uh, maybe they are the bartenders or they're the owners of the bar, and so that mm-hmm. they are an active part and a willing part of this process and maybe even find some joy in it. Uh, so there's a way to avoid some of the ookier uh, notion, you know, uh, associations with the visual image from the movie of these exploited uh, uh, precogs, but they could be literally generating some sort of, of beverage or food uh, that, as you said, when consumed could inspire uh, what would the, the, the sort of, of realizations that we were, would reserve for rumors in a, uh, a other traditional RPG? Um, thinking of other ways to do this, and like uh, I just keep coming up. I'm I'm getting stuck on just different uh, beverages and foods that you would order that would also come along with rumors. Either you would get the information about that rumor by drinking whatever you ordered or eating the bar food that you ordered you you get the uh, pickled eggs and once you well pickled eggs don't have shells on but you know you could crack open the shell on this egg and inside is your bar food along with a rumor like you know baked into the yolk that that could work uh something that you uh, inspired for me was the association with the old uh, tea drinking forms of divination where you would have someone, ah, tea leaves. yeah, you'd have someone drink tea out of a cup, and then you'd read the leftover tea leaves at the bottom of the cup to tell you something about the future. Well, that's a, that's very easy to translate into this setting where you have your meal, but it's actually the remainder on the plate or the remainder of whatever materials floating in what you're drinking uh, that actually mm-hmm. serves the divinatory purpose or the communicative purpose for whatever information uh, you want to provide. So eventually you're going to have like a, a Chinese restaurant where at the end, when you open up your fortune cookie, it's true. It could be. It <laughs> says like proceed to hex 4D <laughs> um, for the, the, the tomb of terrifying things. Uh, or and, you, and it doesn't have to be the food or the drink itself. Bars and taverns are also known for their performances. So you could 
uh, exaggerate part of the performance. And maybe the uh, rumor communicating element of the Taverner Bar are th- is the ecstatic state that the uh, performers enter, whether they're singers um, or I'm still somehow going to work in Vizlay rap battles. Um, whatever whatever happens, uh, whatever the, the entertainment is in this bar or tavern, it might have a peculiarly informative content that uh, people who, who uh, uh, go on stage to do their, their uh, performance are naturally inspired uh, to you know, present truths that even they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, yeah, I guess I was trying to think of other ways that you could have uh, the people who, you know, work at this place, uh, you know, communicate the rumors, which is kind of the tradition. That's kind of what the trope is. Like you go into the, uh, you go into the tavern or the pub and the bartender will dish rumors for you. Um, so that would be, you know, the performance aspect of it. That would also be um, the rumors just showing up and talking to you directly. Um I'm not sure how else you could uh, personify those rumors or get them to the players uh, in a different manner. Well, one thing, this may be a little too high concept. This is always a danger with these exercises. Um, Maybe the wait staff assume some element of the identity of all the people that they have served that evening. We get to play with the notion (laughs) that uh, an invisible sun physical form is fluid. Uh, to some mm-hmm. extent, uh, I don't know if this would be Elderbrin or someone else might be particularly suited for this role. But if your if your uh, uh, waiter, let's say, had some elements of all of the people he had served that evening, that might also be have elements of the knowledge of all of the people he'd served that evening. And so he, he ends up looking like a combination of all of these people, uh, but also has uh, insight drawn from all of the people uh, that he has served uh, though it, the implication would be also that the next table he goes to after your table uh, he could very well give away your secrets well they must have some sort of really good whiskey <laughs> uh, but that, that's a way you could you could have the staff themselves serve this informational role but still in, in an unusual way rather than just saying you know Psst, i know where the dungeon is uh, instead, it could. There's something about you could play with this fluid nature of identity uh, in the setting, uh, or uh, the, the the impermanence of identity and how we're all sort of combinations of the forces around us. Uh, and, and you can express that physically uh, in the waitstaff for the, uh, the for the bar. Uh, I was just thinking of another thing where you could go into. Perhaps there's a bar or a pub that. Um, the way that they serve their refreshments is you go in there and you take a nap <laughs> and then the uh, wait staff could come and you could talk to them in your dreams. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this, this might uh, create a nice uh, nexus between this particular bar uh, and uh, the blue sun. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a connection there. So what do we have for uh, community? Community, I'll wrap community and familiarity to kind of together because I think they're, they're going to overlap quite a bit. Yeah. Um, this, this is difficult. Uh, nothing comes immediately to mind other than to say maybe the bar is – everyone who enters the bar finds it to be a comfortable, uh, safe place. But what's strange is when everyone talks about their experiences, which are uniformly positive – 
they all differ in the details. So you mentioned, uh, though this wasn't about comfort, the you know the red velvet uh, uh, on the walls uh, or, or the curtains and all of this in the bar that was described in the Nice Black Agents game. Well, maybe one person comes out describing the bar that way. Another comes out describing the uh, the uh, nice dark stain on the on the wood grained walls. So the uh, decor of the bar uh, reflects what you want to find in a comfortable place. Yeah, that's good. I like that. And it's probably not, um, not enough to really change much other than the subjective experience for the players. And so in some sense, each one can describe the bar a little bit differently, but the people who are there are the same. The wait staff is the same. Uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's like, it, it's unlike or everyone's subjective experience is unique to them in all unimportant respects. But I think it's that kind of flavor that you want to inject in there. It's not, a huge thing and it's something you can ask the players at the table for. Mm-hmm. And it- um, so I think that's a really interesting idea. Um, one of the, one of the thoughts I had was, okay, this is a, this is a, sort of a gathering place. It's where the, there's, there's a community focused around here. Um, what if when you want to go here, all you have to do is just open up a particular door with the right intent. And then it takes you right into the pub right or if you put a a specially designed coaster down on any bar anywhere uh it takes you to this bar (laughs) any bar (laughs) you walk into a bar that you don't like too much and you pull out your own coaster absolutely yeah that would actually really be great (laughs) (laughs) depending upon the nature of your story you may not want to have that sort of power in the hands of the pcs but for a lot of stories it it wouldn't actually be all that disruptive yeah it's a i guess you'd have to put some sort of parameters around it like oh no this is not uh, a sanctuary that you can just hop into at a moment's notice. This this is something that's very directly tied into uh, the people who use it and the places that they tend to congregate. Right. You can say you can take it quite literally and say, no, this has to actually be a bar that other people think is a bar and advertises itself as a bar and therefore has the sort of magic of place of being a bar. So you can't simply say, oh no, this monster is going to eat me. Um, I'm going to declare this table to be a bar and slap down my my coaster. Um, then again, for some stories, you might even allow that much latitude because you might say, if you if you want to be able to hit the reboot button and go back to your safe place, that's absolutely fine. But that monster still the monster's still out there, and whatever it is that took you to that monster's lair is still there, and you still need to get through this. But at least, you know you've only uh, taken a break to go get your uh, uh, refreshment. Uh, but you haven't actually, uh, you know, advanced the story yet. Uh, so it may, it may or may not be disrupt, dis- disruptive to the, the pacing and nature of your story. It just depends on what kind of story you're telling. But uh, especially a game like Invisible Sun, it, it's built so that players can sometimes have incredibly powerful tools, uh, spells or... Um, you know, items and things like that. Uh, but the, the way the game is balanced or rather in some sense, not balanced, uh, it allows you to have tools that might break encounters because you're not intending to have three encounters a night. You're intending to have a large number of these encounters. And if the players say, you know, we don't, we really don't want to fight that big toothed monster. Uh, we're going to go to the bar for the evening. 
let them. <laughs> and then say, okay, yeah. you, what does your bar look like? Yeah. Um, you know, and as you were, as we were talking about this, I just realized there's, there's another bar that we could have uh, turned to for some inspiration and it's the one that's hiding under zeros. Oh, of course. Like, I- hey, <laughs> we just talked to the propri- proprietor on our last uh, episode. Might have been in the back of our minds as we thought about what to talk about in this particular uh, episode. <laughs> yeah, it didn't even occur to me until just now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the the secret seller is sort of in this liminal space between the actuality and the gray. Uh, and so you might not want to go, you might not want to turn the surreal knob all the way to 11. Uh, well, in that place, they specifically want to turn the surrealness down. Exactly. So like I said, you, you may not want to go overboard with some of these, but you could have hints in these directions in a place like the secret cellar, which is in this, this liminal space, uh, this kind of nexus point between uh, the, uh, the, the gray and the, uh, uh, and indigo. Um, so you, you, you might not go with uh, so some of the information sources might still work really well uh, in a surreal way mm-hmm. without really breaking the, quasi-realism or semi-realism of the secret seller, but you, you probably wouldn't want, you know, uh, you know, a, a pool full of precogs churning out uh, rumors in, you know, that, that starts to, to stretch the, uh, the tone. Yeah, I, I think they would frown on that. <laughs> Absolutely. That's for that bar down the street in Saturday. <laughs> if you want that experience, you go somewhere else. Yeah. You take your, take your business down to wizards. <laughs> okay, so we've we've talked about various ways we can play with the notion of of a bar as a place where refreshments are served. That is, what is being refreshed and what is being served, and by whom. Uh, the the a role of pubs and taverns in providing information, uh, story hooks, and other sorts of, of uh, uh, information that is useful in uh, RPG storytelling. Uh, and less but some notion of, of how to play with community or familiarity uh, to make the place surreally communal um, as, as opposed to uh, simply, uh, you know, recognizing that it is communal. Uh, though I think still the reference to Cheers is pretty close to surreally communal. It is so exaggerated <laughs> and cartoonish. It's pretty close to that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they all just live there. Well, it could be as simple as in this bar, everyone does know your name. Oh, that would be great. A, that's, a, that's just an aspect of the bar is that everyone calls you by your name. Uh, that's not, you know, you, you can almost get away with that in a, in a setting like the secret cellar where it's only, it doesn't have to be where it's a little surreal, but it's not, you know, over the top. Uh, that's an example of something that might be just subtly surreal um, and play into these themes uh, without kind of breaking the mood or the tone. Yeah, that would be a really nice touch. Any other ideas about a surreal pub, bar, or tavern? I'm going to go and get some bourbon. This ends our walk. Maybe you discovered something today. Maybe you need to look closer. The music was titled Beyond from Wes Otis and Plate Mail Games. It is available from DriveThruRPG. Invisible Sun is currently available for pre-order at InvisibleSunRPG.com. 
For a limited time, you'll receive an additional Sooth deck when you pre-order the game. You can find our blog at incantationspodcast.blogspot.com or email us at incantationspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at Agonseer, A-G-O-N-S-E-E-R, on Twitter. And you can find me at Tex underscore Red on Twitter. Do us a favor. Leave us a rating uh, and a review on iTunes. Uh, it really helps people find out about our show. Another great way is to just uh, tell a friend. Uh, tell a friend about Incantations. Tell them about Invisible Sun. And that would really help us out a lot. <laughs>